Welcome back to the XD Podcast. Today I'm joined again by Matt, the two Elias, and Mitya. Thank you guys for coming along. Good to be here. In today's episode, we're going to be looking forwards to the future of music. Joining us today to give us a fresh perspective on the topic is Rob Watts. Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Nice, nice. So Rob is currently a creative lead at RGA. On top of this, he's also a producer and owner of his own record label, Sister Records. Um, also in his spare time, he's been working on a project called Mural Shop, which aims to reimagine the future of virtual brands, uh, environments, um, and music events, which is really exciting stuff. Um, lots of really interesting points to talk about today. But first, I'd like to talk off um, a little bit about the state of play within the industry. Um, like kind of most of the industries, the music industry has obviously been really, really uh, hit hard by COVID-19, which obviously comes as no surprise, uh, especially as we're moving into our sort of second lockdown here now. Um, and, and no real clarity towards reopening of, of kind of nightlife and, and how obviously the, the kind of pandemic has affected our, our social spaces and our nightlife in general. Um, you know, some of the stats that I was picking up when I was reading some of these articles, survey of 2000 members of the music musicians union found that 34% are considering abandoning the industry completely. Um, and I think this obviously wasn't helped by uh, the, the government's recent uh, reskill campaign, which, which uh, governed a huge amount of backlash. I'm sure that's something that we'll talk about later on um, in the chat. 78% of musicians covered by the furlough and self-employment support scheme say that they will fin face financial hardship when the schemes uh, come to due to end in, in, in October. Obviously, they've just extended that as well to um, March, uh, which is worth considering. But definitely something that I think musicians are, are kind of suffering with. Um, and I think it's a really good place to, I guess, start off with. Uh, Rob, it'd be interesting to hear kind of your perspectives on, on how you feel the music industry has kind of shifted and, and changed as a, as a result of, of the issues and hardships that we've, we've experienced. Yeah, sure. I mean, just to say, all views are my own, you know, it's my opinion. So, uh, you know, that's not, it's uh, just, yeah, take it like that. Um, I mean, for my background is electronic music, really. So I can speak for that kind of side of the music industry. Um, and I think it's been hit as hard, if not harder than, you know, the music industry as a whole. Um, mostly that being clubs are you know non-existent spaces now um in the uk that is um and you know who knows when like those spaces are going to reopen um i've got a lot of kind of mates who are in the industry who perform and you know have done very well out of you know electronic music as as their profession um but now they're sort of very unsure about how they're going to make their money um a lot of money comes in through touring obviously like basically flying around europe mainly uh, you know in the summer abroad to further afield like maybe a little bit in america and over in india um uh you know but i think a lot of that has now just crumbled away um and i think the real worrying thing is without extended support from uh, kind of governments, uh, you know, in the UK specifically, but also in Europe and around the world, there's, the clubs are falling, like literally falling like flies. Um, so that is, for me, a very worrying kind of prospect in the whole industry as, as a whole for electronic music. I think it's, 
you know, the music is built for a club environment. You know, it's like, it's, you're meant to listen to it loud. You're meant to listen to it with lots of people together. It's like, that's the sort of escapism that it provides. And without being close um, or without being in a space that you're kind of free to do what you want or free without worry of, uh, you know, the, 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 the infection or COVID, it, it, it changed the way that you look at going out to a club night. I think I've spoken to friends who are like, I want to go to a club so bad, but I don't think I'd go. It's irresponsible. And, you know, who knows when in the UK we're going to be back out, um, you know, in clubs. I mean, I kind of had a, you know, I don't really go clubbing really that much anymore, but like I still go to like at some events if my friends are playing, etc. But I still, I don't know if I would feel comfortable, uh, you know, going out in these times. But then it's a really, it's a really crazy situation because I think it goes back to the policy of like how COVID's being, uh, been treated and like the policy to bring it down and like, you know, solve it in this country in particular. It's just compared to other places like, um, you know, China, where I know friends in Shanghai and Tokyo and, and Japan, their clubs are open um, in Japan, open air, but in China, like their clubs are like fully open again. But, you know, so that becomes, yeah, it's just that, a whole other. You were saying that they were, they were open air. So this is one of the things that I picked up on because you said before that, that obviously in the UK, obviously nightclubs are banned at the minute. And I am with you as well. I'm kind of in the boat where I'm obviously, you know, relatively young, loved going out to nightclubs. Um, I don't think I would now, even if they were to open back up. I've seen, I've seen a few nights actually that were posted around Hackney area that have recently just been cancelled with the, with the announcement of lockdown. I wouldn't go back in uh, purely because it's probably, the, it's probably the worst environment you can be in, especially if it's, if it's indoors um, in closed environments. So what, what in your perspective has been this sort of reopening, uh, you know, when, it, when clubs are likely to reopen, what is sort of the procedure you open up outdoor spaces first and then go on to um, indoor spaces or, or what's kind of been the, the happenings from, from China with, with the results of opening up indoor spaces as nightclubs? Well, it's that it goes that it, it you know it goes back to that bigger societal question, right? Of control and like and tracking. You know, China is China lives on WeChat. You know, pretty much they have a their their track and trace is is and also with all of the surveillance, their track and trace is just really really good. They know where the disease is. They know where they know where it's going. They know it's spreading. They know who's got it. They know who's um, you know could have it, could spread it. And they enforce those rules like pretty harshly. So it's like, it's a toss up between, it's a weird, I think it's quite a strange paradox that China has these spaces of freedom open clubs, yet society as a whole is quite suffocating. I've just found that as a one thing I kind of noticed just the other day when my friend was like, yeah, Shanghai clubs are open. It's like, but then what, you know, what is the kind of, um, uh, what's the word? what's the transfer of what's the opportunity cost of having clubs open to be then tracked in, you know, pretty much every part of your daily life and society. Is it a good, it's, 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 it's a, probably a bigger question here that, that, that spans above music. Um, it's like, how do we actually control the COVID situation? 
Um, you know, I haven't seen, especially in this country, I haven't seen any other other big scenario planning other than um, every two months when there's a spike, we lock down. I mean, well, that's all I've really, where's, where's the other plans? You know, surely there's other plans. Usually in films, a general comes in, right? And he's like, right guys, this is plan A, this is plan B, this is plan C, this is plan D. Where is those plans? Like, what's like, that's, that's another, that's just a bigger issue. Can I ask you a question, Rob? Uh, in terms of kind of how, uh, you know, different musicians have flexed and, uh, and managed to diversify, so to say, their existence. Are there any interesting examples uh, of kind of what have happened? From what I have noticed, like some of them uh, have become more of like social influencers, for, for example. And now they're more active on, on social media and uh, I see various kind of collaborations with brands. But I'm talking about like bigger kind of names, in mm. particular Peggy Goo, who is the yeah. uh, you know, oh, ambassador as well. Yeah. But I, I can see that she's not touring that much anymore other than being in Korea. Uh, but like anything else that people have managed to have done to elevate the situation? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think everyone is just doing what they can to survive. So I think we, I think it's lucky because streaming has become more of a norm in society. Uh, like the idea of watching someone live on a screen like is kind of normal now. Um, you know, five, 10 years ago, that wouldn't be the case. It'd be a bit weird. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've seen a lot of a lot of DJs, big and small, you know, start their own streams, for example. Also, diversify into actually creating sample packs um, and things that other producers can use um, as another form of income. Um, and yeah, and just and, and just try and keep producing music. Um, I think what's interesting is the, because of lockdown, it's created more producers. Like there's more people making, making material, good or bad. Um, that's great because more people are creating because they have time to do it. And also the kind of the way that um, the tools for creation have gone in terms of opening up to like a much bigger uh, pool of people, you know, the software's cheaper, there's cracks everywhere. Um, there's produce, everybody's a producer. There's people on Instagram telling you how to produce, how to make stuff. There's tips everywhere. It's, it's become massively democratic. So now, now really it falls on to see how creative people can get. There's yeah. like an old phrase in electronic music that's like, everything's been done before. So you ain't gonna make anything new. It's how you put it together. So it's like, everything's been done. It's just how you put your, your spin on it. And I think like, that's a really interesting, like uh, outcome of people being locked in. They actually creating more, especially music wise. It's just where do they then take it? You know, they don't. They can't take it into clubs and perform and DJ or or even do like live shows as much. But the rise of Spotify streaming, you know, and 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 SoundCloud and revenue from, uh, you know, YouTube and ads, etc. You know, it does it does help people. You know, people can make you can make good money off Spotify if you get a ton of streams, right? So helpful um and like without them it would be even bleaker um but yeah there's I th they're just everyone's doing pretty much as like much as they can um it's a shame because 
it's <laughs> the spaces in particular I think is something that um, I feel very strongly about in terms of how they provide us an air like areas of free for thinking and also I was chatting to a mate about this the other day fun <laughs> it's just fun right like too shit like shit's too serious nowadays like everything's serious everything's loaded um like what like if younger generations can't experience like pure fun <laughs> and get it out of their system <laughs> then when does that come back up like it can potentially quite a dangerous ticking time bomb you know lock someone in a cage for so long and eventually they go like a do you know what I mean like a madman or a woman or whatever or they so I think it's um I don't know what the long-term effects are but it's going to be interesting to see what happens when you remove fun, like fun things from society <laughs> and clubbing just being one of them, you know? I think well, just judging from up... the news, illegal rapes is, is a thing because I, I keep hearing yeah. that they, they keep happening left and right. Uh, whether you stay in London or go outside of London in some kind of uh, cave or some such. Uh, on, on this note, what what do you think actually is happening with with music? I mean, if if clubs is not an option, and if you look at you know the likes of Spotify who are now kind of investing in podcasts, do you think there is slight oversaturation with music in society in general? Like, have we actually listened to everything that's possible that's humanly possible to listen to, and, and as a result, uh, you know, music is is less relevant. I think I don't know if it's less relevant. I think it's harder to find good stuff. Like I think it's harder to find that that thing where you're like, "Wow, that's fresh, man!" Like because yeah. there's so much of it. I think the, the the like, but then that then that I think for me then falls into the individual who's fight, trying to find it. How much do you really want it? Like because it's there. Like it's out there. There's cool cool stuff going down interesting stuff fresh fresh new projects all the time it's just you have to go through like the extra bit of like crap before you find it um yeah. and that's just that's just down to the that's just down to the individual you can take what the algorithm gives you or you can go deep on discogs you can go deep youtube is an amazing place for music like often put to one side because it's a you know vid more vi a video platform there's some of the craziest records on there like you know that you would never even think about and also the algorithm the up next algorithm is pretty pretty damn good um yeah and the way you search you know for me i love i'm, I'm a massive youtube fan i like go into mad little holes and create loads of different playlists um different genres my brother like creates he does a crazy thing where he playlists every single thing he's listened to that month if he listens to anything whatever it might be he sticks it in one in a list and then he'll go at the end of the month he goes through that list and chops it down so it's just like it's there definitely agree completely oversaturated there's so much like there's so much noise but like there are there are still gems old and new like that are always out there to be uncovered um and for me youtube like youtube youtube mixed with discogs is like a pairing is a, like a beautiful pairing like they are 
it's just a wonderful thing. Like you can you can find the most delightful little rare records and sometimes they're like two quid or like a quid and you're like what how is this this how am I getting this for this money um so yeah no yeah definitely I agree oversaturated massively but it's there it's definitely their band camp as well so I got a got a, got a shout out the band camp crew they've done a massive they've done a huge amount to support creators like mus and musicians in the scene um waiving their fees um a lot during lockdown on Friday on Fridays which is great so labels get the full the full kind of commission um which I think was a which I think they'll keep doing um also like looking at sort of kind of promoting and pushing like black artists more which I think is was was great like waiving fees on that music uh, on their music so I think it's um yeah Bandcamp's also a great place for discovery again though there's loads of there's loads of shit on it but you just have to you just have to want to like you just have to want to dive deep I think yeah and it goes back to your point though Rob when you're saying part of the club context is that you're going somewhere to listen to something loud but you're also going to have a curated experience where it's like you don't actually have to do the discovery you're going there to get a selection from someone that you trust right and yeah there's an algorithm for that but like there's a context of the experience of actually going somewhere curated and sort of like designed for you that's missing without a club right and i'm i'm interested to hear your thoughts on how do you how do you replicate that sonic experience that you get from a club but also that curated experience that feels like distinct and community-based when you know, it's it's a digital experience, like you said. There's there's Discogs, there's Spotify, but you're missing that emotional element to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I think um, I think on the Sonic side, it's really difficult to replicate. Be a fucking rig, like a rig, like a uh, like a beautiful. It's that's a, a whole art in itself, like um, sound system culture, and that's that goes back all the way to, you know, deep the deepest darkest like dub and like reggae like do you know what i mean like that's you know this like it's it's just a whole that's a whole other world that i don't know i don't know loads about like we had a sound system in manchester we used to do illegal raves and stuff but that was just like two turbo sounds and like a massive like amplifier um and it was loud and it sounded sick but um uh, it's hard to replicate bass and stuff however I do think technology will eventually be able to sonically replicate that in a way that if the spaces don't exist, you'll still be able to feel like you're there. I think like when haptics gets, I think when haptics get serious um, and also when like inner coercial technology, like the way that you actually take music in maybe becomes less about the ears and more about the your bone structure um uh and also just like Neuralink and things like that right like who knows what's going to happen when we start tapping into like the like the electronics of our of our body like we don't know yet <laughs> and like that for me is so fascinating um and i think is less of a problem like like we all know virtual reality is a thing it's gonna it at the minute it is still completely are like virtual it's not a reality because it's a screen in front of your face right and everyone knows it because you've got to put a headset on but as soon as those barriers to like access are broken down 
and you can tap these glasses and I can change my whole room in one tap and the seamless like experience of moving from one plane like of this reality to the other digital plane it, it doesn't exist I can tap my mates in they could they could be here right now and it's, it's totally safe um uh you know that for me is like and that, who knows when that's going to come but and who think there might not be a, it might not be like the best place but it's still a it still will be a place and it will be ownable and creative and editable and then curators might even have like more um uh input into the way that they curate so when you, you know going back to your question about yes going to see like a dj put on like just dj for like three hours like if they're good if they're crap they're crap but if they're good it's like you just can your mind can be blown sometimes just solely by the music so what happens when DJs start, and they've started to do this already, start creating more visuals, like in clubs, that started happening. It would be more like you're getting a visual show as well as a sonic show. And then you take it into the virtual space. What happens when you start crafting the entire venue or entire experience around that one curator? I think that's where it starts to get quite quite crazy and interesting. And that's a little bit like what um, Miro, uh, Miro Shot sort of is attempting to do um with roman at the kind of helm who's like some just crazy like crazy dude man like his work ethic is i've never yeah i've never worked with someone so like hungry and also so passionate about like the future yeah. and the way that the way that uh, yeah the way that music can be consumed um and not even just music just like the way that fans can be a part of that music as well um yeah. I think it's maybe a, it, this is obviously a good avenue for you to talk about a little bit more about your work with this because I think Matt, it's a really good question and one of my my biggest concerns with the future of the music industry at large in general is really just the impact that it's going to have on culture in general. Like you know, and you talked about this before, uh, Rob, as well when you were talking about you know work it's going to do for fun. It, the culture that that these sorts of events and and, and lifestyles kind of breed is you know. A, Un unparalleled and and without it it's sort of like you know you've seen how the streaming is, is is sort of affected this thing or tried to hack it things like boiler room have obviously created uh, fundraisers and and i really to be fair have i've kind of enjoyed looking and scrounging in the odd parts of youtube to find you know more kind of specific content that, that the likes of spotify wouldn't necessarily give you um and and what Kind of boiler room have tried to do in, in many cases is connect people on zoom calls so you'd be able to all join a zoom call and, and listen to djs but it, but it still is not the same right you're still not breeding that culture like even going to the same place with the same types of people all for the music and experiencing it together is you know you can't really describe what that's like you know as as an experience just generally um so tell us a little bit of the work that you've done with with mirror shot because i think that that's obviously you know, specifically focused towards this particular issue that that we're, we're, we're likely to experience for the next five years or so, I think. Yeah. Um, so, so Roman, this two years ago, three years ago, um, I met a, a Roman through a friend. He was formerly a part of a band called Breton and um, he had this new project and my mate was like, you, you got to meet this guy. He's like, you know, he's he, you got he's sort of like similar like wavelength and thinking and um, 
and uh, yeah, you've got to meet him. So he told me about this whole whole idea of, and weirdly, this is way before COVID. So he sort of like, I wouldn't say predicted, but uh, he his vision fit fit slotted in really well to the situation we're now in. Basically, he thought the idea of touring as a band was just so old school. Like the idea that you've got to go off for six months and play every single night. And um, that's the only way you, your band, you, you know, your band can make money. Um, so he kind of had this concept of creating a more of a virtual show. So the idea that you'd, the band would be more of a sort of, well, how do you say it? Like a living entity like a living digital entity fans wouldn't necessarily just be fans they'd actually be part of the project so anyone can anyone is part of Miro so um, anyone is basically in the band <laughs> and the idea is that you can submit content and that can be then played within a show that you go to see in your city um, and the, the band would tour like a more of an art installation than necessarily like a band how it tours because it's super damaging for bands like to tour that hard it's like not good for like your mental well mental well-being your you know being away from people being away from family etc and also now you, you can barely even tour so quite crazily what Miro Shot's doing in terms of uh their sort of virtual worlds um, and their virtual kind of gigs is super, super interesting. And it's like a full, full experience. Um, you know, there's like eight peak, kind of eight, eight positions. The band plays around you while you're kind of in this virtual world. Um, there's smell, there's, there's uh, like, uh, there's smell, there's a wind, there's senses. Um, and obviously you've got music, you've got live music. <laughs> and in like a COVID era, that's that's the kind of safe way to listen to music, right? There's only eight people; they can all be apart in a, in one space, um, but you're still getting that live experience, but with this inner virtual world and inner virtual layer. And what they've really tried to do is build that world around it. So, you know, I could say submit a piece of artwork um, or some drums, and if I go and see a show in my city, those could be part of the show, right? So it's like this really kind of beautiful idea of co-collaboration and also the idea of just giving up the idea that you're in a band um, and that everyone is actually in it if you want to be a part of it. So I think what he's doing, yeah, so I helped him, you know, kind of yeah, work it out and like how we do it. And he's just gone off, you know, the last year or so and he's kind of growing it. They're part of... Um, Believe, which is a uh, offshoot of Bjork's, uh, Bjork's kind of distributor, um, and Warp Records as well. So they've got good people backing them. Um, it's just it'd be interesting to see where it comes. I think we're at the very again we're at the very beginning of, of virtual, you know, and I, I'm, I'm I'm massively a proponent of what these worlds are going to be able to do, not just for music, but just for just just in general. <laughs> just I think for uh, people who um yeah people who don't fit in like what we created here or someone else has created i think the space is are going to be super super 
um, important for a lot of people's well-being. And it's not like you have to be in them. It's your choice, right? But the fact the reality is like virtual spaces, I think, will be um, will, will be a lot better um, for some people than the real world, like weirdly. Um, and I think that's like a, a sort of what plays into the music side of things as well. You know, I'd rather be clubbing in, a, you know, if I can't go to a real club, I'd rather be clubbing in a virtual environment um, with crazy haptics that feel like I'm getting, you know, blasted. Um, buy some mad like bass but be very safe <laughs> but i think we're a long way off from that <laughs> yeah but it's still like a it feels like a nice dream to have yeah so well i mean it's some, something will will have to happen ultimately i mean i agree with what you're saying like virtual is definitely not there yet there is no there's no reality to it uh really um but but i think you know this is sort of, and Ilya was touching on it as well before with, with sort of partnerships and you look at, and I know this is a bit of an old example, but I don't know if you ever guys saw what, what Travis Scott was doing, obviously with Fortnite and that sort of in-game event. And, and definitely I, I've started to see, like, I, I'm not, I don't play a lot of Fortnite, but I, I've definitely seen that they've started to build a kind of a virtual map that just is an entertainment space. And, and it's sort of like, I think they've collaborated with a few other artists as well. This is sort of something I think that they see as maybe a long-term future with 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 regards to partnerships with with artists and live music events that they can do also and i think it's just really a nod to i guess how it's sort of changing and shifting towards um you know thinking about how you build these immersive experiences or or what might sort of act as this sort of substitute in the meantime because i i do believe that it's going to be it's going to be a while really yeah i agree yeah I think it's about connection, right? And I think club, you know, for me, clubs and electronic music tend to be about connecting with either the DJ or the space that you're in or friendly <laughs> some random guy or girl for like two hours and having an amazing time. I think the tools of connection will be really important to like whether we go whether there is a replacement for that space. And I just would, I think we're quite a way off connecting really meaningfully through technology right now. Um, but it's technology and it's exponentially growing all the time. So it's not gonna be that long until some like, it won't, yeah. I think in our lifetimes, we will see, a, a, I hope we see that mean, meaningful connection created. Because I think it would be super for like music. I think it'd be super for everything. Like I think it'd be great for everything: gaming, working, you know, communicating, all sorts of stuff. Um, but obviously, there's loads of pitfalls to that too. But we're not talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the, the context of music is going to change though too. Because like just jumping back onto the point that you made, uh, Ben, around like the uh, the gaming example of Travis Scott with the Fortnite, um i think like people are going to pick up and like see music as a different sort of like um representation of like different parts of their lives like gaming i didn't give a shit about the music in gaming until like recently because now it's been more curated but like music's going to play a bigger role in gaming than it did 15 10 years ago right because it's like the music and the way you curate music and like i wonder if there's other parts of life where music's actually going to play a bigger role 
in that part of your life or that part of your experience as well. So music's actually a really good example, but like, I think there's a couple other places that, you know, it's going to pop up where it's actually more relevant than it ever was before as well. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I think, like, to that point, like, GTA 6, that's going to be crazy for, like, music, right? The, those radio stations are, like, iconic. Um, and, like, what they're going to do with them in the new one, like, that's, it, it, with the gaming lens, I think that's 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 going to be nuts. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's quite interesting, like, talking about how the context of music is changing or, like, the way that people experience it anyway um, or, like, what medium they experience it through because there is an argument to say that, you know, the gaming community is probably the most well-connected online in terms of, like, connection and communication. So, you know, ha does that mean that there's you already people are kind of experiencing music together in a more of a future facing way. Super cool, super interesting kind of like thought, uh, Matt. I think that's really like, in, like cool to like, just, uh, yeah, think about like, in that. In that and thinking about like other industries like fitness, for example, music plays a massive role in the fitness experience, whether you're taking a class or even if you're just on a run for yourself, but actually like how does how could we make music more part of the experience more meaningfully part of the experience other than just giving you a playlist right it's just like both in terms of how you curate the music but also how you could create the music in, in in an interesting way as well like from a production side like how could you personalize music so that it's actually tailored to like your fitness experience for it's for, a, for me the, the, it's the curation matt which which is really interesting i think like Spotify, like I always cited Spotify, like it's sort of a cheesy way, but but Spotify for me, like completely changed my taste in music. It completely revolutionized my experience with music, and afforded me, you know, access to virtually every song ever. You know, and that allows you like free free opportunity to go down rabbit holes, experiment with taste, as opposed to like buying songs on on iTunes or so, or listening to the charts or something like that. And, and so now we've got, a, it's what you're, you were saying before, Rob, as well, is like now you've got so much choice that there is an element of this curation that, that's heightened. And I look at, I, look at um, I don't know if you guys have said, I use this example all the time, actually, but um, the, the, the company Poolside FM, I don't know if you've heard of this, Rob, it's essentially Poolside FM was started by, by this uh, entrepreneur in Scotland. It's, it's essentially a kind of 24-hour um, radio station but it's it's dedicated to a, a specific a specific genre of music which is sort of like um, kind of like indie indie pop indie electro um, for for sort of like a, a kind of LA downtown poolside vibe um, which is cool and and it's that's essentially kind of grown it's kind of got a lot of uh, fan um, attached to it but but essentially a lot of these kind of people are going going to spaces going to um, you know virtual places or physical places to get this sort of curation. And, and that's essentially, I guess, what, what a concert is or a gig is. If you go to a, a, a night, you're, you're, you're going to see a specific DJ with supporting DJs as well for um, a very curated experience, which you share with others. And so I, I, definitely see, I definitely see us more and more going towards being more niche, being more um, community focused and, 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 and sort of, I think maybe people will, will learn more about genres of music that they like and maybe kind of dig deeper into the the sort of underground music scene as well to that effect don't know what your thoughts are on that yeah i mean yeah it's just like again i think go you gotta go back to like 
like can you be bothered you know i think it's like you know as an individual can they be bothered to go like go that far or you know or dig dig deep dig deep uh, or you know or see even just seek out curation like you know i think i think one thing we haven't mentioned on the curation element is i think you know for you bringing up the radio side of things nts man like massively massively revolutionary in terms of you know digital um, radio uh, right and like for london has has got some has got some great great names playing on that great curators um um and i think the rise of those like as the technology gets easier to start your own thing like that you then you can surface more curators and people who um you know like to put things like package package their sound up and kind of give it give it to people give gift it to like the world um there's a lot of people who don't like that you know a lot of people keep their music quite secret and safe and and uh, put it out you know sporadically and you know mysteriously but there's others like djs who just love playing records and uh, love love having the you know that tune that no one else has got or I think that that's that's the side of curation that um, I feel is is the always the exciting side, and and that's where you get to that's where you list that's where you get to hear new stuff, and I think hearing hearing something new is especially in like this world of like monotony is like pretty cool. <laughs> like when you hear new when it, I, <laughs> when i hear a new tune sometimes and i like lo- i like it i just rinse it <laughs> for like three days i'll play it like a hundred times and i just like learn it back to back and that is fuck that's great man that's the power of music right that is like hearing something new being excited about something i think music has the power to do that and that's why you know you know i think people who love it have to do as much to protect it as possible and that's the sort of next thing, like I suppose that goes on quite well to about how how do we help save these spaces, you know? And and that I don't think that's through money. I don't, I just don't think that's through just donations, right? I think ultimately changing the way that those spaces are used to be more in line with the you know the world that we live in. Um, and that's not like ruining the spaces, but. You know, how do we like look at clubs again with a fresh pair of eyes um, and go, these are really important spaces. We can't use them how we did. How would we maybe use them in the future? And I think like that for me is uh, a super interesting project um, that would would love to, you know, put out to anyone again in the agency who wants to kind of work on it. I'd love to run a workshop on that, get some crazy XD minds on it. You know, how do you control a flow of a club, for example? Like, you know, how do you best segment different areas? Do you know what I mean? It's just like, it's, it's, it's open, I think, to being completely changed to keep, to keep it alive. And I think with spaces, you know, so many businesses, obviously, unfortunately, going under, and offices are like nearly a thing of the past. Like, there's that means there's so much space, so that means clubs can be bigger if they were to go into these spaces. Not saying they are, not saying we will, not saying offices are dead forever. However, in cities, there's loads of spaces that aren't used. 
um, which just happened to be a lot larger than a lot of clubs <laughs> could, have, could ever afford. So with space then comes a new use of it and possibly like a new, maybe a new way to like go clubbing in like COVID. Again, just like spitballing here, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's I think really there's another another emerging uh, trend that I've noticed that, you know, the, the re-emergence of driving cinemas as a result of COVID. Yeah. I wonder if they, if they will be driving clubs where people yeah. listen to music in, in, in cars. Yeah, well, wait, yeah. Wait, that's another aspect that we haven't really touched on because for me, listening to music in the car is a very unique and different experience. And, and usually I discover quite a lot through that as well. Mm. It's yeah, one definitely. of the memorable experiences for people too, right? Like everybody has, I was listening to a song in a car moment, right? Yeah. They were, yeah. Which I think is really cool. And like, what is How does that change when you're not actually driving anymore? Like, how do you still have those musical experiences? Think, you think about these moments as well. Like these are moments where like, you know, there's certain songs you, you can tell me about and I could remember exactly where I was, you know, like I wonder if like five years in the future we listen to a song and it's like, oh, yeah, I was in my house, you know, and that's for every song I remember. Yeah. I was, oh, I was in lockdown. And it's a shame. I, and I know I, I think what you touched on there, Rob, is, is really nice. Like think about these spaces and how we how we reimagine them for for the new age. We, we almost like pivot, pivot what they're offering. Like I know. You guys will have seen, uh, obviously, Bergen as well, and, and one of the most famous clubs, or I guess for the underground scene, they, they obviously kind of uh, have sort of offered a, a kind of an, an, an art gallery installation over the period. I don't know if that's something that they're focusing on on the long term, but there's definitely clubs that are, are sort of thinking about how they, how, how they change the way that their environment um, kind of operates. Also, I don't if you saw the, the kind of the Virgin, Virgin were kind of offering this this sort of, outdoor uh, concert experience where everybody had their own small little pods uh, and that looks so that, rather dystopian i'm not quite sure if that's that's something that that will be around to stay and i don't know if it's the same either really rob like you'll probably agree with me in, in many respects it's like part of me feels as though you know if i was going to see live music in that way would it be the same would i enjoy it in the same way i think there's something about being close to people as well which 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 heightens it and there's loads of rituals, I guess. It's, you know, there's definitely some really interesting work to be done, I guess, and, and, and how these spaces are, are kind of reimagined. Yeah, definitely. So just quickly before we wrap up, we've got about five minutes well, left. Thing, though, we managed to go a full podcast without mentioning AI once. Whoa. <laughs> well, on that, on that note, how do you think GDP3 would come into... Oh, I'm not going to... But yeah... <laughs> I, I think, you know, we, we talk a lot about AI, we talk a lot about virtual reality as well. And I think, you know, a lot of the topics that we, we discussed just transcend naturally into these things. But I mean, I, the music though, right? 100%, 100%. And, but I think it's, you know, we're, we're not there yet. Um, I definitely feel like we're not yet there. And until such time as we do, it's, um, it, there, there, there's definitely kind of ways in which we need to really think about how we how we save save this culture yeah the only thing i say about ai and we're not quite there yet though is that i think people are starting to experiment with using AI 
lie with music, right? So like, there's the like I don't know if you ever read that Brian Eno video. Mm. Like, Brian Eno is experimenting with AI, and he was saying that actually the imperfections um, that take place when actually you start to use machines, like that's actually quite interesting because it's opening up a new realm of music, like musical. Um, interpretation that you haven't even experienced yet. yeah i mean i found um interestingly i guess we were talking about sort of the accessibility of you know tech platforms in particular and, and how they become focused on music um i don't there's this really interesting app called pacemaker which essentially allows you to build and blend sets which is a re it's a really cool app actually and it uses ai to basically determine you know how a song or two songs you select fit together and you can sort of build your own playlists and that. I, I played around with it for, for quite a long time. And, and it's sort of a really fun tool. Obviously, it's not, it's not quite the same as, as masterfully kind of mixing sets, uh, you know, and, and on your own. But, but there is definitely tools out there. We look at Splice as well, something that I'm sure a lot of you will know about. Um, these sorts of tools that, that kind of aid uh, artists, aid musicians into, you know, elevating their music. Yeah, I think just, yeah, that totally. I think just touch on that AI, um, the idea of machines creating imperfections. That's, I don't, that's, that's a new rendition of like an old system because analog, analog gear in essence is, brings you those imperfections. Like they call them ghosts in the machine. So like when, when like your basically your bit of gear starts doing something really funky <laughs> uh, and like that's kind of it's interesting that ai is can be bringing out the imperfections rather than making them making the music sound perfect so actually in a world where people are using the same sample packs the same doors the same fucking sounds like everyone's doing the same thing Maybe AI could be bringing it back more to the old school where music, like electronic music, started to be produced with mach actual machines, like drum machines and synthesizers and stuff. Uh, some of the crazy shit that happens with the synthesizers sometimes, especially modular stuff, it's just like, what is going on? You're like, this is like this is a machine trying to talk to me or some shit. It's crazy. That's kind of an interesting point, man. I like that a lot. nice all right okay well i think that's a good place to end it uh for today just time to thank you all for joining me today uh, and especially to rob um thank you so much for coming on and, and chatting with us it's been a it's thanks been a real pleasure me. it's been yeah. great yeah thanks guys awesome nice.